A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. Uh, homebound this morning, unfortunately, but we've got a, a great show for you. Regardless, I don't need to be in the studio to have a guest. Oh, no, no. In fact, we're going to be talking with uh, Dan Eldridge from Max and Shooter Supplies in Illinois about the uh, recent Supreme Court case, state Supreme Court case in Illinois, that threw out Cook County's tax on guns and ammunition. It's been a couple of weeks since that happened. What is life like for uh, gun owners in Cook County? Hopefully a little bit more affordable now that that uh, tax is gone. But could this tax be coming back in a slightly modified fashion? That's one of the uh, big questions and concerns that I'm sure Illinois gun owners have. And let's uh, get right to the discussion again with uh, Dan Eldridge from Maxon Shooting Supplies in Illinois. Take a look and a listen. Dan Eldridge, owner of Maxon Shooter Supplies in uh, De Plain, Illinois. Thank you so much for coming on the program, sir. Thank you very much, Cam. Nice to talk to you again. It, it, it's good talking with you. So, so tell me, how has life changed for you since uh, the Illinois State Supreme Court decision came down and said, "All right, this Cook County gun and ammo tax can't do it," at least not the way uh, the, the county has set it up so far. Well, it's it's just been a tremendous victory. Uh, you know, we've been engaged in this since 2015 when we joined the suit. Uh, it was originally quarterbacked by the late Chris Conti, who you probably know, who was yep. the legislative counsel at the NRA. Um, Chris was just a, a, a happy, uh, brilliant warrior for 2A issues, and, and uh, he's, he's very much missed. Um we put a lot of time into depositions. We put a lot of time into assembling uh, uh, supporting documents uh, for the attorneys from Cooper and Kirk, who did a great deal of the heavy lifting here and really did a fantastic job of seeing this through the Illinois court system, first with Cook County judges, the circuit and the appellate levels, and then to the Supreme Court, which is where we really wanted to wind up uh, anyway. Um I think you did a fantastic job last week of summarizing what the opinion was and what it wasn't. I mean, let's let's be honest. It was a six nothing smackdown of of the two previous uh, court rulings. Um, it's it's been absolutely absolutely tremendous for us. Um, part of this odious um, tax ordinance was that we couldn't embed the cost of the tax in the price of the ammunition or the price of the gun. It had to be uh, put on the receipt as its own thing. So in celebration of this tax uh, being withdrawn or found unconstitutional, once Cook County gave us the word that yes, we do not any longer have to collect this tax, well, we said, fine, we're going to rebate to our customers what they would have paid to Cook County for the rest of the month on every new purchase. So last week and a half, uh, ending yesterday, we were knocking $25 off of every gun and a nickel off of every center fire, penny off of every rim fire round uh, that went out the door. Uh, our customers are very, very happy with this. The, the results have been tremendous for us. Uh, when you look at the sales uh, numbers before and after the repeal of this tax, uh, we're up 65%. Wow. Half. Now, part of that is the sale. Part of it is just the, the general goodwill uh, that people have over this uh, over this thing. This is a huge thing. Do, do you think, Dan, that, that over the course of this uh, gun and ammo tax being in existence, I mean, did you have, it, it seems to me like if, if sales are up 65%, as you say, look, there might be some people out there celebrating. There might be some people taking advantage of that uh, rebate you're offering. But I'm guessing, too, that there were some gun owners or or new gun owners, gun buyers, 
who said, you know what? I, I live right on the border of Cook County and, uh, you know, some of the other kinds. I'm not going to go buy my gun in Cook County. I'm going to go somewhere else and, and buy my guns and ammo because I don't want to give Cook County any of my money. No question. And uh, that, that was a common and understandable reaction to the tax. Uh, we chose to stand and fight. You know, we could have picked up and moved uh, a quarter mile or a half mile or a mile across the uh, county line, but we chose to stand and fight. And we expressed to people that, you know, we appreciate your support uh, because we really do want to see this thing through and, and make sure that it doesn't happen again. Uh, so it was burdensome in that respect, but it was also burdensome in terms of the uh, collection mechanism. So a nickel around sounds like it would be easy to, uh, to, to tally, but it's really not because, of course, you know, ammo comes in boxes of 5, 20, 25, 50, 250, 500,000, whatever. And that's not necessarily in your system, how many rounds are in that box. You're selling boxes, not rounds. Mm. So very, very manual process. Um, we were spending probably two full days or more uh, collecting, uh, uh, documenting this tax for the county. That's crazy. That's crazy. Now, I got to ask, how concerned are you that Cook County is going to come back and try to revise this? Because as you say, this was a 6-0 Supreme Court decision. Um, but one of the Supreme Court, state Supreme Court justices said, you know, look, uh, one of the problems here is that Cook County said it was dedicating this tax to, you know, quote unquote, gun violence prevention efforts. But it really wasn't going to any specific program. It was just sort of, you know, they, they were going to allocate that money later. Uh, this might be allowable, basically, if they were to say, OK, this this tax is going to go towards uh, program A over here and that that ammo tax is going to go to program B over here. Are you worried that Cook County is going to try to come back and revise this thing and, and bring it back in, in some altered form? The Cook County Board uh, is made up of 15 Democrats and two Republicans. I will see the, uh, the, the, the map and you will see just how intricately drawn these districts are. It used to be uh, five to 12. You know, there, there have been maybe not super minorities, but at least just minorities uh, on that board. So with that said, uh, I, I can't speak for what Cook County is going to do. The commissioner who brought the ammo tax, uh, Boykin, um, in 2018, he was primaried from the left and lost. So that gives you a good idea of what some of these uh, uh, board members are, are coming from. With that said, the uh, opinion from Justice Burke from uh, Justice Thomas Burke does say that, yeah, you should have gone farther. But the uniformity issues remain. Um, the, you, you, cannot, you cannot tar law-abiding gun owners, gun purchasers, ammo purchasers, with the criminal misuse of firearms and ammunition. There has to be a direct connection between the, the uh, subject of the tax and the object of the legislation. And that's going to be very, very difficult to prove, especially when we have empirical evidence from uh, from the University of Chicago's crime lab, where they did a study of 100 plus uh, uh, inmates that were in for gun crimes of, of some sort. 96% of them had acquired their firearms through social networks, on the street, whatever. They were not buying them from FFLs. When we sell ammunition, you have to, in Illinois, you have to present a FOID card, a firearms owner ID card. Please tell me how many of these criminal violent offenders possess FOID cards. 
So it's going to be very, very difficult to say that these law-abiding people that are, ex that are, that are uh, exercising a, a constitutional right have any relationship to the, the mayhem that the criminal misusers of the product are doing. So I think they will fail again on uh, uniformity. And then there's the, the simple constitutional argument, which the uh, Supreme Court did not address, which is Article 1, Section 22, that basically says only subject to police powers uh, with respect to the right to keep and bear arms, not taxation. You cannot tax the exercise of a fundamental right. And there's plenty of case law to support that. They, in, in this case, there was a uh, an effort years ago to tack a $25 fee on marriage licenses to um, fund domestic violence programs. Well, I think that's really quite similar in, in mm -hmm. this. That was thrown out as unconstitutional. Uh, you just can't tar lawful people with the criminal acts of, of, uh, of criminals. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, you know, I, I hope that the uh, Cook County board gets that message. I hope that they don't try to do this again, but it sounds like if they do, Dan, you are uh, willing to stand and fight uh, back in court if need be. We will. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and, and besides this issue, I mean, the Illinois State Supreme Court still dealing with uh, challenges to the Foyd card's constitutionality. Um, I, you know, Illinois, you all, I, I got to say, groups like uh, a Gun Save Life, uh, the Illinois State Rifle Association, uh, gun owners like yourself, FFLs. I know that there's a very active uh, a group of licensed FFLs uh, in mm -hmm. uh, the state of Illinois. I've spoken with a Todd Vandermine, who's uh, done some lobbying with that group. You guys have a really great core. Of, of Second Amendment activists in the state of Illinois. And I am so glad to see it because as bad as things are in Illinois, things would be so much worse if it weren't for the efforts of, of you and some of the groups that, uh, that I just mentioned. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a unique environment that we're in here where uh, a lot of the FFLs are very comfortable working together um, because we're all in the same trench here. And uh, uh, we've made tremendous progress over the last 10 years. I mean, we have what's what amounts to a very uh, permissive concealed carry law, which you never would have thought would have met, would, would emerge in Illinois. Um, people people's default is that gun laws are very, very tough in Illinois, very, very tough in Chicago. And that's just not the case. One of the challenges now is against the mag limits and assault weapon bans in Cook County and um in the city of Chicago. I think Gun Owners of America has brought that action with Cooper and Kirk, who were uh, counsel on this suit. So, uh, you know, we have a good track record once we get to the Supreme Court of winning these things. Yeah. I'm happy to be part of that fight. All right. Last question uh, real quick. Uh, are you still seeing void delays in terms of people who would like to become a gun owner, but they're, they're, they're forced to wait six, seven, eight, maybe even a year or more uh, before the state gives them their firearm owner identification card? The issues have shifted from uh, processing bottlenecks to system failures. So the the uh, portal has had some connectivity issues, the ISP portal. It's getting better. Uh, the delays have abated substantially uh, from what they were during uh, the early the summer of last year when it was at its worst. So getting better. All right. Well, that is good news. Uh, Dan, yeah. listen, thank you so much for spending some time with us, sir. It is good talking with you. And Thank you so much for being in the fight. Thank you, Cam. I appreciate uh, Dan joining us on the program. Looking forward to uh, continuing this discussion going forward. 
And again, Illinois, you know, we've got uh, Cook County's gun ban. We've got the uh, Foyd card lawsuits. There's a lot of action uh, legally taking place uh, in Illinois. Uh, let's turn our attention now to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. Uh, in fact, we'll start there with a story out of Texas, uh, the Dallas area, where police are shooting or searching rather for a suspect uh, in a fatal shooting in downtown Dallas. This happened Friday night, a, a 20-year-old. Uh, allegedly shot and killed a, a 21-year-old. Now, as it turns out, according to authorities, uh, this a 20-year-old, Desra Walker-Johnson, is in fact known uh, to authorities. They say that uh, Johnson is uh, currently on uh, five years of deferred adjudication probation after pleading guilty in March of this year to three counts of robbery. Mm-hmm. So instead of going to prison for three separate robberies, uh, Noah said Walker Johnson got probation, slap on the wrist, and back onto the streets. And, of course, now he is facing uh, even more serious charges, and an individual has uh, lost their life. Uh, speaking of uh, shootings, how about a self-defense shooting? Today's Armed Citizen story from Fairfield County, Ohio where a uh, suspect at last reported in critical condition after assaulting a woman in her own home. Uh, this happened uh, Friday night. Deputies, and this is a bizarre story, deputies responded to reports of a single car crash on Friday evening there in uh, Fairfield County. When they got there, they discovered, though, that the uh, driver of that vehicle had run away and then had come back. Uh, deputies said that the driver started physically fighting with a man and a woman who were standing outside of their home, uh, one of the homeowners pulled a gun, told the man, stop, but he began to attack her. Deputy say the woman told him to stop several more times and then fired five rounds of the suspect. He was shot at least three times, according to officials, was transported to an area hospital in critical condition. Uh, the Fairfield County uh, prosecutor plans to file charges, according to a statement, but it sounds like they plan to file charges against the guy who attacked the woman and not the woman who uh, fired shots in self-defense. Well, Bring any uh, details and updates on that story as they become available. Uh, finally, today, our good deed of the day. And this one, I got to tell you, you know, we talk about being in the right place at the right time, willing able to do the right thing. I don't think there was any doubt uh, that this woman was going to try to do the right thing, but I'm just glad that she was successful. A mom saving her four kids from a house fire in Southeast Michigan, and she was severely burned. Michaela Vish repeatedly went back into her home in Chelsea, Michigan, to save her four children. This was uh, on uh, Tuesday. Lieutenant Derek Klink of the Chelsea Fire Department says, it's the most heroic thing I have ever seen. Michaela deserves all of the credit. Uh, right now, she is unfortunately in the hospital. She has burns uh, over 60% of her body, but her four children are going to be okay. Fire Department said that uh, Michaela Vish has a very long road ahead of her, uh, and the family lost everything in the fire and is in uh, desperate need of help. Chelsea, Michigan, by the way, in uh, Washtenaw County, about uh, 50 miles west of Ann Arbor, there's a GoFundMe that's raised more than $35,000 for the family, uh, but hopefully that community is going to come together and uh, help Michaela Vish and her kids uh, in their road to recovery. But again, in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing to save your own children. Michaela Vish, you are today's uh, good guy of the day. And we thank you very much for your heroism and your fast acting.
All right, that is going to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. Apologies again for the uh, homebound nature of today's show. My uh, oldest dog is ill, so we've got to take him to the vet, and that's just kind of uh, played havoc with my schedule. But I should be back in studio tomorrow. It's Election Day on Tuesday in Virginia and in New Jersey. You've got the Public Safety Initiative. Are they going to replace the police department in Minneapolis? Uh, we've got that to talk about tomorrow. Also on Wednesday, don't forget, oral arguments in New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin. So it's going to be a very big week here on Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I hope you'll be a part of each and every one of our episodes. Don't forget, by the way, to check out BearingArms.com throughout the day for even more Second Amendment news and information that you need to know about. And if you like what you see, you can become a VIP subscriber. Just use the promo code GUNS. And you'll get 25% off of your VIP membership. We really do appreciate your support. It allows us to bring you these Second Amendment news and information that the mainstream media doesn't want you to know about. And they certainly don't want you to know about it the way that we report it, fact-based and in defense of your right to keep and bear arms. Have a great Monday. We'll see you soon here with another edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. But until then, be well, be safe, and be free. 